The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Good afternoon, USA, and welcome to another episode of the Bernie or Bust Show! Where shall we start today? I was hoping eventually to get to the end of the Elizabeth Warren stories and start going after Biden, and that will be the result soon. But there are so many stories, and they're relevant for now. But soon, I think, we'll, we'll be pivoting to Biden, and I feel that he will fall in short order, in which case we'll pivot to Trump. Put on your seatbelts, folks. Let's start with the Boston Herald. What I've noticed is it isn't only lefty pundits who are frustrated and incensed and more than a little surprised at how things have played out over the last few days. Here's someone from the Boston Herald. I don't think I've ever featured anyone from the Boston Herald before, but this is Another Day, Another Lie from Elizabeth Warren by Michael Graham. If you're a Michael Graham follower, let me know in the comments. I want to want to see how many people know about him. Tell me Bernie Sanders is crazy and I'm all in. Tell me he's an unapologetic socialist who would happily honeymoon again in the gulag-riddled Soviet Union and I'll say, you betcha. But tell me Bernie's a sexist liar? Sorry, you lost me. Particularly if the person doing the telling is Elizabeth Warren. No, Bernie Sanders isn't a sexist. He spent decades touting girl power and pushing the Equal Rights Amendment. It's a 1970s thing. Look it up. It's a ludicrous claim. And no, Bernie Sanders isn't a liar. At least not outside the accepted parameters of American politics. Sanders doesn't even lie about the stuff he should lie about, like his gazillion-dollar, middle-class, tax-hiking, union health plan-killing, Medicare-for-all. So you can see where Michael's coming from. He's like that guy we showed you on The Hill Rising who was talking about the health insurance talking points. We know that health insurance people are, are spending millions of dollars trying to get us to think that we will be losing freedom, which is the absolute opposite of the truth, under Medicare for All. This guy, you know, he's coming at it from the same perspective. He's, he's a, well... I assume he knows what he, he knows the facts, so so what I'm suggesting is that he's a liar and a cheat, just the way they are, just the way Trump's campaign guy was. But even so, knowing where this is coming from almost makes the point stronger. A guy who will admit out loud and in public that he wants to give Boston Marathon bomber Jokar Tsarnev the right to vote will admit anything. Apparently he's not for giving prisoners the right to vote. Um, I am. Now compare Bernie's unvarnished truth-telling to Liz Warren's record. According to Warren's past statements, she's a Native American who was fired for being pregnant and only sent her children to public schools. According to the facts, all of these claims are false. So if you give me a he-said-she-said choice between Sanders and Warren, it's a no-brainer. So obvious even a clueless klutz can see it. Speaking of Michael Moore... <laughs> So he, he's, he's attacking a lot of the people that we've been supporting, but let's see what he says. Elizabeth and Bernie have appeared in my films, the movie maker tweeted. I love them both. 
Why Elizabeth chose to stick a knife in Bernie's back is beyond me. At a time when job one is to remove Trump, how did this help? Good point, Michael. Why did Warren do it? Simple, because she's losing. Having tried to run as the smart candidate, the energetic candidate, the consensus candidate, and the fighting candidate, Warren has fallen back to the last refuge of the progressive scoundrel, identity politics. We've talked about this before. The Hill Rising has spent a lot of time on it because they have a self-proclaimed progressive, Crystal Ball, and a self-proclaimed right-winger, Sagar and Jetty. And it's interesting how often they agree on things. But And this is one of them. They both agree that identity politics is not wrong per se, at least from Crystal's side of it, but it's a waste. We're wasting time on, on um, issues that that could be solved in better ways, for example, by um, solving income inequality and cleaning up the, the mess that our environment is. But that's another point. So back to the article. Look at the men on this stage, Warren said Tuesday night as an example of identity politics. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy Klobuchar and me. Warren's campaign has devolved from, I've got a plan for that, to girls rule, boys drool. A Bay State aside, what's the deal with Massachusetts Democrats using their political victories in Massachusetts as proof that they are tough campaigners who can't be written off? First, it was Liz Warren's upset victory for the U.S. Senate. Now it's Duvall, nobody expected me to win Patrick. Wow. Who knew all these years that Massachusetts was a bastion of red state republicanism? Democrats bragging about winning in Massachusetts sound like Kim Jong-un celebrating his long-shot victory in the Supreme People's Assembly. Oh, good one. For Liz Warren, this is just another example of the fundamental inauthenticity of her presidential bid. Over the summer, she was touting Medicare for All as a matter of political life or death. Tuesday night, she treated it like a recently dumped boyfriend, refusing to even say the phrase a single time. Check the transcript. She did, however, say she would build on the Affordable Care Act. No wonder progressives don't believe she'll really fight for a single-payer system or for the Green New Deal, or that Bernie Sanders said a woman couldn't win. Warren is lying, trashing Bernie Sanders in a desperate bid to get his women supporters to save her sinking campaign. She's hoping I am woman, hear me roar, will work better than I'm going to get me a beer. It won't. In part because polls show that more Democratic women are already backing Bernie than Warren, she's telling these women their favorite candidate is anti-woman. How do we think they're likely to react? Elizabeth Warren has only been in elected politics since 2012. She underperformed then. Obama got 60% in the Bay State that year. She got 53%. She underperformed in 2018, one of the worst performing incumbent U.S. Senators that year, and she's underperforming now. That's who Liz Warren is, and there aren't enough lies left to tell to hide that painful truth. This next article is a good way to pivot back to Joe Biden. Do dissidents? Yes, Warren is a lying liar who lies, but it's time to get back to beating Joe Biden. By Russell Dobelar. If you're a Sanders supporter, you're probably furious with Elizabeth Warren right now. 
If, like me, you're a Sanders supporter who's been going out of their way to say nice things about Warren, you're probably a little embarrassed, too. And if, in spite of her long history of stretching the truth, you've been looking the other way, you might feel like you should have seen this coming. I know I have all those feelings, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been responding to her fundraising emails with the kinds of comments that are likely to drive the poor bastards manning her campaign's info at box to double down on the Xanax and reevaluate their life choices. But it's time to take the win and move on. Win? What win am I talking about? Well, in case you haven't noticed, the fallout here has been a victory for the progressive movement on every level. Let's start with the corporate media. We always knew that if and when Sanders started leading in the polls, they would pull out all the stops to blunt his momentum. It was my hope that they would go so over the top in their efforts that it would shred whatever credibility they had left with all but the most dedicated worshippers at the holy shrine of CNN and the most devout devotees devotee, of the cult of Maddow. That happened a lot faster than I expected, and we owe it all to CNN and its horrendous debate. The questions were so slanted and the hostility to Sanders so pronounced, even Mike Brzezinski wasn't buying it. And when you can't convince the corporate shills at Morning Joe that you ran a fair debate, you know the mask is slipping in ways that are hard for the average viewer to miss. That's probably why CNN is trash and CNN is garbage have been trending on Twitter for the past 48 hours. Progressives have been asking for a long time, when are people going to wake up and realize this is all propaganda? Looks like the answer is now. They're waking up now. I'd say to send Wolf Blitzer a fruit basket, but no one needs that kind of scrutiny from the FBI. I should say at this point that I've been in conversations with some of these lefty pundits, and some of them, I'm not mentioning names, are quietly confirming my belief that these kinds of shenanigans will lead to Bernie or Bust making a comeback. I've seen Bernie or Bust is back as a hashtag on Facebook a little bit, and I've seen it on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter before that. Bernie or Bust is back. And what we've been quietly saying to a few of the lefty pundits who are not yet willing to come out, come out of the closet and support Bernie or Bust publicly, they're saying it looks like we may be there soon because of all of this tomfoolery that has been coming about. And there were trigger points last time, too, when, when Bernie supporters crossed that line and they said, I don't care who you throw at me. If it isn't Bernie, I'm not voting for them in the general election. And some of these lefty pundits, not mentioning any names, are starting to, to privately say that they may be there. They may be very close to supporting publicly the Bernie or Bust movement again. That would be welcome. Back to the story. To understand how epic this fail was for both Warren and CNN, one only has to look at the numbers. Sanders broke a record for real-time debate fundraising in the first hour with 15,000 donations. That's 250 a minute, amounting to 43% of total Act Blue donations. Keep in mind that this was at the exact same time that moderator Abby Phillip pulled her now infamous hack move of ignoring Sanders' denials of Warren's claims to ask Warren how she felt when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election. The audience, this is me again, the audience visibly reacted. Bernie visibly reacted. There was laughter. Like, how could you be such 
an insidiously evil hack. That's how I read the laughter. Okay, back to the story. There was a time when a signal like that from corporate media would have tanked your campaign immediately, as poor Howard Dean, the Bernie Sanders of 2004, discovered when he had the temerity to scream awkwardly on an open mic. They broke that man so hard with their constant mockery and replays that he's a pharmaceutical lobbyist now. He used to be for single-payer health care. But 2020 is a long way from 2004. Between WMDs, 2016, Russiagate, and Beto mania, they've lost all credibility with most of the public. And as usual, when it comes to assessing the mood of the body politic, they seem to be the last to know. Sanders has gone on to raise $4 million since the debate, more than that now, from 200,000 contributions, more than that now, including 25,000 new donors, more than that now. And he undoubtedly owes a lot of that to Warren's desperate tactics, combined with the sheer awfulness of CNN. The other win is the damage that Elizabeth Warren has done to her own campaign. In the end, even if you were well disposed to Warren, you knew that she needed to get out of the race in order for Sanders to consolidate progressive support. Yes, she mostly attracts white, well-educated voters, but we know from polling that around 31% of them will end up with Bernie when she drops out. I'm expecting that number to decrease in the coming days. Why? Because a lot of those voters are Bernie to Warren voters who are going to jump ship early and come home to Bernie now. And we owe it all to her campaign's brilliant decision to launch an identity politics-based smear against the politician with the highest favorability ratings in the Democratic Party. All she'll have left at this point are the folks who are privileged enough to prioritize her gender over her integrity. By the time the dust settles, she could be under 15% in Iowa, not even enough to get delegates. Sure, we've had our fun over the last few days, from the biblical plague of snakes dropped onto Warren's Twitter feed to the inundation of Act Blue with requests for Warren donor refunds. And it's not like Warren didn't ask for it. In spades. But to keep this going is only going to turn off voters who might otherwise support Bernie when Warren drops out. Because a lot of these people don't like Bernie, but they really don't like Joe Biden. And they really, really don't like Donald Trump. Given a cho- I added that. Given a choice between the two, many will come over. Unless we get their backs up to the point that they decide to vote Biden out of spite, Warren will be out of the race before Super Tuesday. But Joe Biden will still be there. Let's not waste our time on a sideshow when the main event is still to come. Okay, so Russell is not a right-winger. Russell is a lefty, a far lefty, I think, but he hasn't been willing yet to come out for Bernie or Bust, and I think that needs to happen soon. You, um, Who else has said? Nathan J. Robinson has said that we need immediately to consolidate support behind Bernie, and there's no better way to do it. So Nathan and Russell and Keaton, if you're listening, we need to do this now. We need to get behind Bernie or Bust now. A good hashtag is Bernie or Bust is back, or and or Bernie or Bust or Bust. I hope to see those trending soon. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Come get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Once you hear that clickety-clack, there ain't no time for turning back. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train.
The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.